about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing Now nationwide, everybody knows my name They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery He sings that song we like Yeah, boy, that's me Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing Them Hoosier tires glossing Them cold kind, we're tossing They know I came to wreck it Yet I rarely bring out a caution I hit the high side Boy, I park it for Brian Clausen I do them like Kyle Welcome to Throttled Up, the podcast. Throttled Up will be a weekly podcast featuring Matt and Dustin. We plan to discuss the legendary Brownstown Speedway, along with other local dirt tracks, Eldora, Salem Speedway, and all of your IndyCar and NASCAR news. Don't miss an episode of Throttled Up, the podcast. Hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt. Welcome to episode two of Throttled Up the Podcast with Matt and Dustin. Uh, we got a guest in studio tonight. Matt, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing really good. Uh, good week. Obviously, uh, unlucky with we uh, missed out on some racing, and unfortunately, looks like we're going to miss out on some more. Yeah, on the way over here tonight, I got the text message that said uh, everything canceled for the weekend at Brownstown. I think April 6th is the rescheduled date there. Yeah, and and I believe, and I saw the re, the rescheduled dates. Am I correct that the all in twenty fives out? They're just going to run the no way out together. Yeah, I believe that's that's what it it said there. That's the way I read it. So uh, unfortunate. I was I was excited for Friday night. We actually have it's it's actually sitting here. Just got in the mail today. The the UPS guy dropped off our mobile uh, recording mic um, and recording uh, platform to to get out to the pits and talked to some fans and talked to some drivers so i was excited to to try that out on friday night now it looks like it's gonna have to wait a few more weeks so looks like the the april 6th schedule though is gonna, the sprint car is going to be 7500 to win super late models 2000 to win and the modifieds 1000 to win so still going to be a good show absolutely so we have a guest in studio today, and I'm going to have you, Matt, go ahead and introduce him a little bit. Um, also, on top of just being a guest, one of our sponsors, um, he's a part of In the Fast Lane Productions, and we're really excited to have him here this evening. He's at least 50% of it. It's going to be Ryan Bowling, uh, like you said, In the Fast Lane Productions. Ryan, uh, pretty passionate about his work, so we're going to get into uh, what brought that passion on and you know everything he does there for, for the sport with his videoing. Good evening, Ryan. Yep. Good evening. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for making the trip out. Yeah, we appreciate you, uh, you know, letting us throw your name out there with our show and and uh, you putting our name on on your stuff. So that's that's appreciative there. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we are. What we're all about is exposure and and any 
thing we can do you know video podcast it's it's great i love it and i'm gonna transition there real quick because i had a note and i already i already missed it right at the beginning but talking about exposure i do want to throw out another podcast um that's the briscoe breakdown uh it's done by a buddy of mine toby wedgwood and it really is following chase briscoe as he kind of climbs the ranks in nascar he toby does a great job with it it is a tremendous kind of look inside the mind of that young budding nascar star um in chase briscoe so if you're interested in in the dirt track side as well because chase has got a sprint car team you know up and ready to run i know you and i talked the other day matt about briscoe was tweeting out to to brownstown speedway saying give me a heads up i want to know what i'm doing this weekend so i think he was planning on being at the no way out so if you're looking for a good racing podcast, check out the Briscoe Breakdown with Toby Wedgwood. Yeah, that's what's sad is I think he was going to show up. I, I know Ryan, he helps take care of the Brownstown uh, sites there, and you said that he was, he was asking, and you was hoping you could let him know something. Yeah, he, he reached out, and I saw that, and I'm like, man, I, it, in my heart I knew that you know the weather was going to get us. And I, I just, it's one of those deals. I mean, it's, it's Indiana. It's March. What are you going to do? You hold out hope, and I, I was hoping as well, but I kept look, pulling up. And the funny thing is, obviously, I'm in education, and with the snow that just came in now, everybody's like, oh, man, is it going to be a snow day? I'm like, I haven't even looked at the weather for the midweek. I have followed Friday and Saturday, and I even asked Matt the other day, I said, will they maybe run the all-in 25 even if Saturday looks bad? Because I just wanted something to go on at the track this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those deals this this early in the year. Um, you know, and there's been events down south even where the weather's nicer being canceled. So, I mean, it's a big gamble the tracks are taking to do this, but you know they're not making any money sitting idle either. So right, they, if it was one of those springs that it was seventy and sunny right, right now, you'd be kicking yourself as your if your track's sitting empty and and you hadn't scheduled something. So well, I seen where Volunteer Speedway canceled there mm-hmm. in Tennessee for this weekend. So they that because Lucas Oil is going to do three races in three different states over the weekend, and they, and Volunteer Speedway had to cancel out. So well, and and. I think they're even changing the weather to Saturday now to more of a winter storm type deal than just yeah, rain. Yeah, so I think we're going to see another round of snow right here at the at the start. So it's been a it's been a crazy spring already. So Ryan, obviously, you know, into the in the fast lane productions and and the video work you do, but let's go all the way back. Where does this passion and drive about racing come from? I mean, like a lot of people in this sport now, I was just kind of born into it. Um, you know, I all of my childhood memories basically are from from the racetrack. Um, you know, we were at, at Brownstown on on Saturday nights, and we'd go to Salem Speedway on Sundays, and that was just what we did. Um, you know, as a family. Um, you know, from there, I, I when I got a little older, I got to helping some people, like in the pits, and just hanging out, seeing that end of it and you know i i think it's it's fair to say once you get in it and, and get hooked it's it's hard to get out <laughs> i have to agree and you race for a little bit yourself right yeah a little bit i i tried messing around with it when you know the hornet division was you know not kind to get boring. in yeah not to get into the politics of it when, back when it was truly what it was supposed to be um yeah so i i, I did that a little bit and um you know from there i just obviously i got into a different side of it which i'm in now and um you know i don't see any any turning back now from that so i think the amazing thing about it and and you kind of alluded to it there with the idea that it's 
you don't get out of it. When you really find true, passionate dirt track fans, they're involved in some way. You know, they may not they may not all drive, which obviously we can't all drive, but they may be one of the six or seven guys that's hanging out in the garage through the week helping their buddy wrench. They may be in the media side of it filming like you. They may be an announcer in the tower. You know, it's, they have to be involved in some way. And that's that's kind of my excitement with us starting this podcast is I was kind of that Fairweather fan, and, and I've, Matt and I have joked about that, but this is going to force me to be there, and, and truly that's what I want to do is get, get to go out and watch the races. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, from just our first episode, I had you know, a guy come up and talk, talk to me at our work, and he said, you know, I've never really gotten into racing, but after I listened to your guys' podcast, you made me want to go watch the races again. Because he said he went a couple times and really didn't understand it, but after he listened to his talk, he was, I listened to your whole episode, and he said, you make me want to go watch the races now. So, you know, that was kind of our goal, was Absolutely. to turn people on that maybe haven't been to the races. So, you know, we, we got one out of the first episode, so... <laughs> And that's one more butt in the seat, and that's what we're really trying to go for is to get people out. Because, you know, and all entertainment right now is is expensive, but you really can't understand the value of of a, a true Saturday night show until you actually go and sit and, and see. You know, most of the complaints on a Saturday night show is it gets over too late. It's not you ended too early and I felt like I didn't get my money's worth. It's oh my gosh, we're still racing at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and we're tired. And, and and I'm not making that complaint, but it's never, are you serious? That's all there was? It, there's always some excitement. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, I've, I've talked to people before and, and you know, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't like being there late either. Um, you know, I, I feel like by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we need to be getting out to, to help keep that, you know those fair more fair weather fans i mean i think it there's a certain time limit there that you lose you lose them no matter what kind of product you've you've put out there you know if they're if they've sat there five or six hours they're they're done and you know even me on the back side of it i I don't like getting out of there at at midnight or one o'clock or later and you know i go home and edit video and (laughs) and you know, depending on who, what what I'm doing, I might be up to four or five just finishing up projects. So, well, and it's and it's tough, and it and it's been tough for me as well for the family aspect of it. I mean, I, I've got a, a four year old son, and and he went to the No Way Out with us last year, and and he loved it, but we had to leave before the late model feature that night, the double feature, because it was getting 10 30 11 o'clock and so my wife and i sometimes have to make that decision do we drive separate so that i can come back later so for those young kids i i agree with you i think that we got to be you know aware that for those young kids to stick around and be a part of this sport we've got to be conscious of those things and i think all in all it's not an intention to run till oh you know, midnight one o'clock but just you know things happen that you know pushes the time back you know i think the intention is to be out by 10 30 11 you know just it's racing. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, and, and even that, that show that I went to last year, in, in defense of them, they tried to start it earlier in the sunshine. And, and when you're trying to make up those both those two features and run – anybody who went out that night, I knew what it, what it was going to be. There was no, no surprise in that. So, Ryan, you know, to kind of follow up, you, you, you've always been around this, this, the racing world. You've always had a passion for it. But why did you make that decision to kind of steer into the video side of it? 
Well, I think that I kind of got in a point in my life where, you know, I was always at the racetrack. That was just what I did on the weekends. But I got to a point where I, I honestly, I did start getting a little bored with it. I mean, racing in general, I just, um, I didn't have a, what I felt is a true connection anymore to it. Like, I mean, I loved going, it wasn't that, but um, just something was missing. And, um, you know, I've got to give credit to Mark Schaefer, the the photographer at, at Brownstown Speedway. Um, you know, he approached me one day and said, hey, I'm thinking about seeing if we can do like some video stuff. Would you be interested in helping? And I thought, well, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about a video camera. I don't, I know nothing um, but I said, sure, that's, you know, I need something to to get me more involved in this sport and give me that whatever it was I was looking for. So, um, you know, he, he got some equipment and, and we just kind of dove into it. Uh, we started out doing, you know, like shop interviews, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, you know, and from there, I just, I kind of got hooked on, you know, I got to really paying attention to the media side of the sport, what everybody was doing. Um, you know, from there, it just, it pretty well, it snowballed from there. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's just how it started. I was just kind of bored and, and picked up a new, you know, something new and took off with it. Very yeah. cool. But that's really taken off now because what the last year or two, Dirt on Dirt has, has started to hire you now to go off to the bigger named races and, and actual video of those. So, you know, that, like you told me last year, you know, you're actually starting to get a paycheck from your passion. So, I mean, that's got to be amazing right there. Yeah, that definitely, um, you know, I can remember when, um, you know, I was there at Brownstown Video and, 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 you know, I was getting a lot of positive feedback from there. And um, we got uh, with Sean Buckley with Jack Slash. It's a sprint car website um, here in Indiana. I got in contact with him one day and uh, we just we got to talking he's like man i like like what you're doing would you be interested in helping me some so i i started helping him on the side and then uh you know dirt on dirt michael rigsby he we got in contact with him and you know he's been wanting me to come on actually full time with him for the past couple years and you know that'd be an amazing opportunity but you know there's just there's other stuff in life that you know i've got a stable job i've got you know i'm kind of set up right now and um as much as i would love to go do a motorsports job you know that's everybody's dream as much as i'd love to go do it full time it's just right now in my life with you know I, i'm married and and you know i've got like i said the stable job it's hard to jump away from that to go racing you know as bad as that sounds i know that sounds terrible but um but yeah it's 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 been fun working for those guys i've you know had a amazing opportunities there i've got to work some of the the biggest races in dirt late model racing so so yeah it's been fun well and i wouldn't say that it sounds awful it sounds responsible which all of us struggle with at times to to make those (laughs) responsible decisions but i understand that because all of us have to have to make those you know tough decisions at times so you know one question i had for you is what is kind of the craziest experience you've had in in filming you know is there is whether it's one interview whether it's something you caught in the pits whether it's some wreck do you have something that stands out in your mind as you've done this that just blew you away yeah i mean the wrecks and and things like that that's always uh you know we've kind of got a rule you don't you don't want to see a wreck but you don't want to miss it either you know in the video world that's just the 
you don't want to see it, but you don't want to miss it either. So yeah, I mean, I've I've got some good wrecks on on video that that it's been fun to you know you go back and see it on TV or whatever, and it's like oh I, I shot that that's cool you know so I you get that thrill, but I think the biggest thing is just. I don't know. I would say with some of these races that I've worked for Dirt on Dirt, um, you know, like the Dream up at Eldora, the World 100. Uh, I've got to go to Knoxville. It's just being in these places that there's so much prestige, and you're right there in the middle of it. I mean, that to me is has been the biggest thrill. You know, I, I can remember that. You know, I, there was a point there that first race I worked at Eldora. Um, you know, we were live. It was a live broadcast. I'm up top, like, as one of the main cameras. And I was just standing there, like, wow, this is, this is cool. Like, I don't know from this point where, where, where do I go next. You know, this is, I never would have dreamed I would have been here, and here we are. So, so I think just the prestige has been the the coolest thing for me, really. And I think you kind of film like I announce it. You, you, the fan in you kind of pulls there. You, like you said, you, you film what you'd want to see as a fan. And you know, when I announce, that's kind of what you know. What would I want to hear if I was sitting down in the grandstands? And I think that's why your your filming is so good, is because that, you're you're doing what people want to see. It's not, you know, always constantly following the leader. And because you, you know, there's a lot of times that gets boring. You know, the front of the, the race gets boring a lot, and you'll go back and find where the action is and stuff. And and I think that's what makes you good. Well, it's like we, you know, we talked off air was, you know, I do. I If I was sitting in the stands watching a race, that's basically how I I shoot a race on video. I mean, uh, I, I'm watching the race, too. Even though I'm up there working, I'm I'm still watching the race. So, um, you know, you just try to be, be smooth and, and consistent. And, I mean, there there is an art to it, to do it, you know, at the level that that we're doing it so i mean you, you've got to be aware of that too but it, you know the main thing is just to watch the race have fun with it and you know just the races they all play out differently you've got to just you got to anticipate what's coming next and i mean there's a lot that goes into it that that people might not realize but i'd like to say we're we're doing decent at it right now so you're way too humble i'm gonna call you out right now you didn't want to say art and then you want to say you're doing decent at it you're doing way beyond that man and you may not want to say it but i'll say it it is an art and you're really really talented when it comes to doing i'm on the second that too dustin that uh well i appreciate that and i'm sure what the people don't realize is that product that you put out on the internet for everybody to see you're probably spending as much time at home editing as you what you do with the racetrack filming And, and i think that's what nobody realizes i think they think you know, you show up at the racetrack, you pull your camera out, you shoot some film, and you go home and you throw it on the internet. And and I yeah, know better than that. Yeah, it's the opposite of that. And I, yeah. you know, I I know that we've been guilty um, of, you know, it's taken several days to get to get races up online, and and you know, we've had trouble with our website, and and there's been numerous things that that aggravate me. That you know, I, I'm a perfectionist, and to have those things not go right, but it all comes down to you know I this we've kind of self-taught on on this deal it's nobody's been there to hold our hand on on anything so you know from day one turning on the video camera i mean that was you know we're reading the manual okay what what do we do here it wasn't like we had any guidance you know so i think you started at the ground level (laughs) right right and i and i've had a lot of help along the way i can't say i haven't i mean i i'm to the point now that i've got a good you know network there's a, a pretty big network of of 
videographers out there and we we talk amongst each other so i, I feel like i'm you know i've got a good support group now that's, that's helping me along and um you know I, i'm just i'm finally starting to get more excited about this deal because um you know in the fast lane side i know it's been up and down all winter um but we've got some some really cool stuff coming um the site's going to be so much better than it's ever been just as far as design and and the way things flow and you know i've got my brother nathan who's been shooting a lot for me um you know when i've been doing other uh, races like for dirt on dirt or whatever so i mean we've got we've got some stuff going on this year that i'm excited about and you know i'm gonna throw out there you said you've been guilty of waiting two or three days before you get it up on the internet but you said it you know in the earlier that uh you have a wife you have a full-time job and you know we all have lives outside of that saturday show that we all go do and you know sometimes i think people need to realize that that you know there's other things you have to do and get done you know in a week's time also so right because i mean up to this point there's been there's been no paycheck for any of this and i don't want to sound like that it's all about the money because it's not i mean it's it's not that at all but like you said, you know, I go to work at 7.30 in the morning. I get off at 5, home at 5.30. You know, by the time you get cleaned up, you eat, say a couple words to the wife, whatever. You know, it's it's 7, 7.30, and you got to go on and get in the computer, and, and, you know, you're locked into that for a few hours, and you go to bed, and you do it the next day. And it's, you know, there's a lot that goes on on the back end of, of you know, any media. Like, even with, with the podcast here, I mean, there, you've got – it's not just us sitting here talking and then boom it's done on the internet i mean you've got a you've got some work too and i just think that that's something that you know the the general race fan might not always know no and and not only is there not a paycheck and and i understand what you're saying is it's not all about the money you know that's not why we started this is hoping that you know we're all gonna retire and just do podcasts (laughs) but you know because it is a hobby and it's fun but a lot of people don't understand too that to do it the right way with the quality that you're doing it and what we're trying to, you know, build that quality of. There's not only not a paycheck, there's a huge input cost to get oh, you yeah. there. You know, to have top of the line equipment to do things the right way. You know, you've got to invest in it with with an understanding that you may not get the return on the investment, but you're going to help promote a sport that you love and you know help bring bring fans to that. So it is, you know, and you're exactly right. There is a lot that goes into it you know on both both ends but we appreciate what you do i'm gonna throw out there too i think the big sacrifice is we're all go to the racetrack and do what we want to do you know that's our passion but no matter if you're the driver if you're the crew guy if you're you know the video or the the announcer you know the score whatever your spouse is really making the sacrifice because <laughs> you're not spending time with them and I, I think that's really forgotten a lot is you know the girlfriend or the wife you know and the kids all they're sitting home when we're at the race because we're doing what we want to do and it might necessarily not be what they want to do great point so that's where the sacrifice is is you know they they understand our our love enough for the sport that they're like okay go have go do what you got to do on saturday night so yeah absolutely and you know that's it's gotten a little easier since there's been a few paychecks coming in that (laughs) you know she might be mad but then like tuesday or wednesday when you know she opens the mailbox it's like oh okay i i i kind of get this now and and she's very supportive of me i mean i can't i don't have anything to complain about there um it's just but you're right i mean it's a huge commitment to take on it really is and your whole family has to take that commitment on because you know when the brownstown schedule comes out my girlfriend first thing she does is write them all in the calendar and say 
now I got to figure out something we can do as a family on mm-hmm. these one or two off weekends, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was looking at my calendar today with, um, you know, we had a couple of dates here and there that have they've got canceled, and I'm shifting some stuff around, at, you know, for my out-of-town stuff, and um, I was looking at the calendar, and I've literally, you know, until I forget what week it was in October, I've got two Saturdays scheduled off, you know, the, of the whole summer. And those two Saturdays, I, you know, one's for a wedding and the other one's for my wife's birthday. I just, I'm not scheduling anything. Brownstown, I think, is off and I've just left it open. But yeah, it's... Good call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good I, I mean, call. I, yeah. I, I take care of her. So, I mean, it's it's just one of those deals. I mean, it, it's it's a lifestyle. You, you plan everything around it. And I mean, we are actually going on a, a big family vacation this year um, with my, like my mom and dad and brother and... I believe Kelsey, my wife, her her mom and sister and our nephew. I mean, it's going to be a big family get together. And I'm actually um, we'll be at Brownstown Saturday night. We're leaving Sunday for vacation. I'm actually leaving early Friday from vacation to go pick up a race on the way home in Kentucky. So, you know, it's it's a it's more than a full time job at, at at some points. And you know, you you're at the racetrack, a racetrack, almost every Saturday night. Your brother Nathan's at Brownstown when you can't be, and he's there even when you are because you guys, you know, do the double cameras then. But then your dad, Bobby, you know, he (laughs) helps Mark and Jamie in the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tees booth selling photos for them because, you know, Jamie works at the racetrack and Mark's taking pictures. So, I mean, your whole family is dedicated to the sport of of dirt racing. Yeah, we've been in it. Like like I said earlier, it's just just what we've always done. I mean, I I don't really know any different. Um, It's just just where where we've been since day one going back to kind of you you threw out some of those hallowed grounds of of racing but what is your favorite track to work at ah to work at that that's a tough one um i mean there there's several it, it really just depends on what type of race car you know if i'm going sprint car racing i'm going to pick kokomo over over any sprint car track i mean i love going to bloomington and in places like that but kokomo is just always there's always action even when there's there's not action i mean it's just fun I, I to watch agree with you yeah um you know if we're talking late model regular stock car type racing i, I don't know i mean it's i've seen a lot of good races everywhere it's it's going to be hard to beat brownstown for me it's home um but i do like going to some of the tracks down south like in tennessee and georgia i mean it's just a different atmosphere and you know there's there's a passion down south for racing like like we don't even have here so i don't know it'd be tough to pick one track i mean i don't i don't know and brown sounds okay to pick you know it's yeah. you know it, it's a oh, special it's, place yeah i mean I, it's going to be tough to, for me to pick against brown sound I, I will say that it's just there's something about you know that's that's where i grew up at and even to this day going back there you know if i've been on the road for several weekends at different tracks it's nice to walk in there and be like ah, i'm home you mm-hmm. know so I, I guess you know if we're gonna pick it'd have to be brownstown that's good that's fair all right um do you have and again i know you're in the media side of it do you have a driver that you know, and I, I don't want to say fan because I know you're a fan of just action and racing and everyone. Do you have a driver right now that as you watch them that you're excited about that maybe you follow a little closer because you think 
this is the next kid, the next person. I mean, that that to me would have to be Hudson O'Neill. Um, I've just since i i, I kind of started videoing at the same point he was was starting to get into racing and, and i've just i've just watched him come up through you know from brownstown to the lucas oil series now so it's you know i get to go work those races too so it's it's cool to to have that connection i guess uh to watch him come up through the ranks and just to see i mean I, i'm hoping that that i'm actually working his first lucas win I, I really am i mean that would be something cool for me um you know since he's he calls brownstown home so do i so i i'd have to say it was hudson and that's going to come sooner or later i, I think. was going to yeah. say yeah. yeah i i really i'd really love to see it at brownstown for the icebreaker i mean that would be just a storybook um you know it, it would be storybook you honestly. couldn't write one no, much no, better no, than no. that no. oh they they tear the place down yeah. You know, if he got his first <laughs> Lucas Oil win there, I mean, you know, nothing would be safe at night because it'd just be a party. Yeah. No, I would be. I would definitely be worried about the the wooden covered grandstands and the bleachers because I'm sure a, a fire is going to be started somewhere. I was going to oh, yeah. say there yeah. might be one heck of a bonfire <laughs> if, if Huddy pulls it in victory lane right. to Brownstown. You know, me and you and, and your brother, between the three of us, you know, we was at, we went to victory lane about 170 times last year. Wow. <laughs> Just to That's do, crazy. you know, interviews. And, you know, I, when I, I thought about that on the way over here because, you know, we, you know, it's me or you or me and your brother, we make that, that long walk, you know, from the roof down to the grand, mm-hmm. you know, down to, the, to Victory Lane. And we come back and we do that five or six times a night, you know. And, and I got to give a shout out to you guys. You guys helped me out a whole lot because if I leave something off, you know, you guys are always quick to say, you know, hey, next, you know, when we make that little short walk back across the track of, hey, try this next time. So, you guys have really helped me because i mean you know it we've talked it i had a year experience announcing when you know i got the nod to be at brownstown mm-hmm. and you know you look at all the other people that sit in that seat that's been at brownstown you know it's that that's kind of you know great for me that there's some big big names that have sat there that have went on and done great things as announcers and you know i gotta give you and your brother you know great big shout out for just giving me you know tidbits of help here and there because i really because you hear I mean, oh, yeah. we you hear the best. Yeah, you know, we you, hear it all. And when you say, hey, try this, you know, and I really appreciate that. So I do, do want to give you that shout out, you know, mm-hmm. that I do listen to everything you guys tell me when we come back across the track. And I try to absorb it. And my girlfriend makes fun of me. You know, I've listened to our <laughs> podcast like four times since we came out last Thursday. And I just nitpick, you know, like you said, you're a perfectionist. And, and I try to be in and I get on, you know, your website and. I'll listen to me call the races and it's like man you're an idiot you know why you, why you do that so i mean I, I appreciate you do put it out there because it helps me try to grow as an announcer yeah and that's you know i i feel like we're all in this still together i mean i i'm i'm very particular about myself that's why it's sometimes it's hard to to stay excited because if you have you know a few bad nights it's like I mean, is this really what i need to be doing you know do i need to be videoing and and you know I, I don't really go back and re-watch my videos i you know I, I know from the start that if i did good if i did bad um but we just got to keep digging and then putting out a good you know end product to try to to attract people who are not involved with the sport like we mentioned earlier i mean it's just we live in a day and age now where you've got to reach out to those those people who are mm-hmm. doing other things and i feel like that you know, racing is, it's not always the, the most easy sport to connect with for people. Um, you know, it's not like a stick and ball sport. It's not, you know, I know right now motocross is, is huge. 
you know they're selling the place out but i think that it goes back to production you know the, the production of these events is tremendous um you know and you get you get into that that niche of, of people that are looking for that and i think that's if i had to pick one thing in in the racing side of things that we could work on it's it's the production that, that we're giving the fans and that's what you know that's where i come in i'm trying to to learn what you know what, what what's that next thing we can do to to wow the you know the people who are not coming so and, and we need to make it more of an event mm-hmm. like you said you know people go up to the supercross because it's an event you know it's like we're going to go watch this we're not what's going to happen you know we have kind of trudged along so long that it's the right let's just go to the races we need to make it you know more of an event instead of just right. the races on saturday night so and you do help you know draw in people that might not show up on a saturday night and and before i make my point i am going to recall something here real quick for every driver or owner that we have on in the future you just kind of laid down the gauntlet that 170 trips to victory lane in a year is kind of where we're looking for for guys to get um i think any of them would be very happy with 170 (laughs) trips to victory lane um so i I just wanted to throw that out because when you first said that that sounded extremely impressive in the racing world but it wasn't exactly picking up the trophy but no you you gotta understand that's you know that's five to six classes in a night absolutely (laughs) absolutely uh but what i was gonna say is what i and i and I, I hope that, that these racing promoters and, and the racing community sees it. And, I, and you and I have talked a little bit about where I think NASCAR has kind of fallen short, you know, not to get into a NASCAR discussion, but you can't just count on it being that generational thing. Because with today, with all the things that kids have available to them, we have to draw those kids in and we have to make it something that is you know, for lack of a better word, hip and cool and exciting to go do, because if not, we're just going to see more and more of those race fans die off, and you're not going to have those drivers either. So it is something really important to look at with those those events. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that goes back to what we talked about earlier was, you know, the, the time, the length of, of time it takes to run these events. I mean, if we're wanting to keep, or if we're wanting to get into that group of people who are you know you know more the hipster type people i guess you should say i don't know um i i think you've got to just make sure everything is just shorter and it's exciting and we're in we're out you know because i think that's the you know just the attention span that that a lot of people have now is that you know they want to get on to the next the next thing they're not content sitting there all night and, and you know that's just a some of these bigger events i've worked i've seen that a little bit where they only run you know one or two classes and i mean it's more of a you're there three hours and you're you're out of there at 10 and you've you've still got the evening and i think that that's a important part that you know if i was a promoter right now i would try to really hang on that given okay you've got you want to give out all this value you know if you're in product but instead of doing it in six hours it's let's jam it into three and let's make it a, an action-packed three hours let's get them in get them out and let's go and i i just i know it's easier said than done and we could talk about it all night but i just feel like if we want to keep you know people my age and, and younger involved that's what we've got to do and the three of us were born like you said we were all born you know i went at a young age you went at a young age you know dustin went at a young age 
we kind of know what's going to happen, but you try to bring new people in the sport that don't understand. You know, they didn't watch it at five, and then when they're 25, that oh, this is just how it is. And that's why I agree with you. We need to, you know, to pack it all into a tighter, you know, time schedule and just make it as exciting as we can in that time schedule. And, you know, and another thing <clears throat> that I think sometimes we don't do a good job of, <clears throat> excuse me, is and i kind of learned this with my wife you know my wife has went with me twice she didn't grow up as a race fan um even the format you know of we're going to come out in hot lap and then you know we're going to qualify then we're going to have heats and then there's the concy and then there's the b main and you know all of that idea to her she's like why are they back out there again and so what Mm -hmm. so did he win or did he so i think even some of that you know intimidation factor for some people of i'm not really sure what's going on you know and i think that's one thing that we can do better and i'm hoping through this podcast and the stuff that you do helps that along too that people feel comfortable just come out and 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 learn and ask questions and and you know understand what's going on yeah and going back to how i was talking about people down south and and their passion i i worked an event back in i believe it was january um, at Boyd Speedway down in um, Georgia and I was set up down there you've got to shoot video from the stands there's not a platform or anything and so I'm right in the midst of the people and, and it was cool because I you know you always make a couple friends and you know and that whole deal but there was um, some people sitting in front of me and like you said they the friend that was that was their first time at the racetrack they were with a friend who was into racing and they kept asking those those type of questions. So what what's going on now? What why are they back out? Why why this? Why that? And just for me to sit there and see that it was it was neat to see them engaging and and you know trying to learn. But I, I at the same time I'm thinking how can we make that easier for people to understand so they don't really have to ask questions. They know you know th- let's try to make this a little easier for for people to to relate to. And see, I've never thought of that just because I always knew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe with me announcing, that's something that maybe I can through the night explain, okay, this is why, you know, and open it up to those people, you know. And, and you know, my wife enjoyed it. It was just, I don't think she felt, she didn't, she didn't like sitting there thinking, I'm the idiot in the room. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like everybody else around here understands what's going on and, and this. And she, she enjoyed the racing action. And, and I'm probably not the, and, I'm, I'm trying to be better, but I was probably not the best race fan for her to go with last year at the No Way Out when Briscoe's there, and I'm excited, and, you know, and she's asking me questions, and I'm like, it's cool, it's cool, they're, they're, this is what's going on now. So I probably, I could have probably done a better job as well, but I do think it's something we got to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, that's just, I've talked to people that, that used to go to the races back in, you know, the, the 80s and 90s, and they don't go anymore, and I, I always ask them what why do you not go anymore and they said we just don't for one we don't know as many people racing like back in the 80s and 90s i think you know everybody yeah everybody's neighbor had a race car you know somebody had a way of connecting and i think that's a big complaint now is we don't know anybody and and it's hard to sit there and watch cars go around in circles if you don't know anybody and i I think you know like we've said all night this is where we all come in with a podcast with video announcing we've got to make the people know you know who they're watching there's great characters at brownstown you mm-hmm. know and I, th- I think we you know just need to do a better job exposing those characters because you know we have the good guys and the bad guys and 
you know the people like us that's been there for years and years they know the characters but i think you know now we we need to expose them more of being the good guy and the bad guy and you know the guy that that struggles and the guy that doesn't and you know make sure we cast all the light on on the people on the racetrack you know that, that everybody is coming to see yeah absolutely i mean there, there's always got to be a good guy and a villain to to keep things exciting um i know one thing that i struggle with a little bit on the video end of things is you you can you never know what exactly you can put out there sometimes because i've got some interviews with some people that you know i, I know who you're thinking who I, you know oh, right, yeah. right off the bat who, yeah. who we're talking about and and it's like God, if people could just see that if they was open-minded enough to to be able to just sit to watch it and not take offense to it i mean i think if we could get back to that a little more it, it would help our sport a little bit but you know that that can get into a whole new can of worms right oh, there yeah. so well and another thing and and again connecting with those people and brownstown does some of these events throughout the year but getting the drivers connected with the fans and and there are some drivers that do a tremendous job of it and there are some drivers that and i get it you know it's a rough night it's it's a ton of work to get there there may be a letdown but remembering to connect with those fans especially the young ones that's how you hook them because Mm -hmm. it's like and i've said this before i grew up going to bloomington speedway and watching kevin briscoe there knowing kevin briscoe's from my hometown where i grew up that's what kept me coming back. I wanted to watch Kevin. You know, the reason why I turn an Xfinity race on now is because I want to see Chase race when Chase is racing. So that connection to that one person and the way that, you know, Kevin came to people and was, you know, was a fan, it was a fan favorite, you know, really helped me connect with the sport. Well, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to Brownstown on that when they had the kids night last mm-hmm. year. You know, they... The drivers bought the bicycles that we gave away to the kids, and I was really, really impressed with all the drivers that came to the infield when we gave, started giving the bicycles away. So they they wanted their picture taken with the kid that won their bicycle. And I know uh, Lucas Wee-Miller put his stickers on the bikes he gave away. You know, he tried to make that fan-driver connection, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to give him a big shout-out for that because, you know, he made sure he got pictures with him. He, you know, he I think he had a little... Uh, printed card that had his car on it and you know i was thinking back man if i was a kid now oh my gosh and you know a driver when i was a kid did that for me i would have been a fan for, of his for life just because mm-hmm. he took the two or three minutes with me when i was a kid so you know i am going to give a shout out to those drivers in brownstown for letting that happen you know it was, it, there was a way that they could connect with some drivers that night absolutely yeah and i feel like a good example for me on that is like i said we used to go to salem speedway on on sundays you know we would get there at eight o'clock in the morning whatever it was and at the time the infield was the the cool place to be and you know we took the grill and and wagons with lawn chairs and you know of course mom and dad they had beer with them and you know everybody's just having a good time cooking out and we was there for a usac uh, race and it was, I believe it was 1992, um, somewhere in there, Tony Stewart was racing USAC. And I don't know, of course, I was young. I, you know, I was born in 88. So I, I, I remember it, but I, I don't remember why we went to Tony all the time. I didn't realize he was, you know, going to be the next big thing. <laughs> you know, hey, I just, he was another driver to me. And we went over there and, and, he walked up to the the fence there at Salem like in the infield and he just thought we wanted an autograph or whatever and and he was busy at the time you know he gave dad one of you know stories well I'm busy I you know I'll come back later type thing so 
So I don't know, it was an hour or two later, we go back and he was busy. He was working on his engine or whatever. And he saw us and he stopped everything he was doing. And he came and, and got me and took me over the fence into the pits. And I was, you know, four or five years old, shouldn't have been in there. <laughs> and he like set me in his, his car and everything. So from there, I always had a connection with him because he went that extra step to, it was more than just an autograph. It wasn't, you know, to me, sometimes an autograph is not a really, you know, it's cool, but it's not that, that wow this has got me and you that's what i you know when i was a kid we'd watch the races at brownstown and uh i'm sure you guys are both too young to remember this but they used to all the drivers would park on the front stretch of the racetrack to get paid you know they'd all pull in all their haulers and uh my grandpa we would come out of the stands you know walk out on the track and you know the cars back then you had almost no open or nothing closed you know everything was open Mm -hmm. So you could get close to the race cars, you know, you could smell, you know, they still smell because they were still warm from racing and the drivers were there to get paid. And, you know, it was this, you know, what other sport could you have done that? You know, you can't go to a football game and, you know, even after the races now, you know, you go to Eldora, you know, races are over, the pits are wide open. So you can walk around and see all your drivers, see the crew get up against the cars. And, you know, as a kid, I think that's what sold me was I almost felt like I was a part of the sport by being a fan because it was so open to to the right fans. And, and i feel like getting back to this i know i've said it a hundred times that's why we need to get done earlier sometimes is you know if we're at one o'clock the kids aren't going to go down the pits and walk yeah. around they don't get that opportunity if we were if we're done at 10 we've still got a couple hours to goof off you know and i just think that that like you said that's something that makes it more personal for for the younger generation is getting interactive with them and the fan appreciation nights at Brownstown, you know, you hear a lot of people in the stands, they complain that, that we, you know, we stop before the features, let any driver that wants to bring their car out to the infield. And I think the drivers are as excited about that as, you know, because this is, it's more aligned to the young kids, but, you know, they're buying, you know, print cards, autograph cards to give out. They're giving candy away. You know, they're standing there for pictures. And, you know, I think that, that driver is going back to when he was a fan, when he was a kid. And that's his time to give back because that's what he wanted. And and me, personally, I can't wait to get down there. You know, we talk to him. Me and you talk to him before the races all the time. But I still can't wait to get down there because that is like an event. Like, all these drivers are here, you know. And uh, Absolutely. When we go around try to get interviews, I, I get excited about that, you know, because if I was a kid, I would have I would have ate that up. And they didn't do that at all when I was young, you know. Yeah, and it, again, I, you said earlier, you know, about the autographs the name really is nothing and i kind of agree it's the interaction and the experience because i could get an autograph but you you know you were kind of standoffish you didn't care that puts a bad taste in my mm-hmm. mouth you know the the story you have with tony that's a whole different experience and feeling and 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 i'm glad you shared it because tony doesn't always get those positive stories exactly. out there and that's, about him. that's why i mentioned him because you know if, if that moment wouldn't have happened you know, I don't know if I'd ever been a Tony Stewart fan. I mean, at that at that age, though, I it was just I was just old enough to to have that connection. And you know, obviously, he's one of you know he's a very controversial type person. You know, to a lot of people. And but I've always always have a respect for him just for that. You know, that moment he took for me. Um, so yeah, it's it's all about those experiences. Yeah, and that, again, I don't know sometimes that. And and I the drivers are, are great. I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing the drivers whatsoever, but the drivers, I don't know. I, it's hard, I think, sometimes for them, 
they work their own you know a job you know through the week especially those guys that are weekend warriors doing it i don't know that they truly realize what kind of stars they are in a lot of fans and kids minds you know it's like you know you may be putting on the grind monday through friday and you're out in your shop and you know you're just a regular joe but when saturday night hits and you're that guy on the track you are a star and and that's something i would encourage every driver to understand is you know you mean the world to some little boy sitting in the stands that you know loves your car and loves what you do so just always be cognizant of that and you don't have to be the guy that goes to victory lane every saturday night to be that star either no you know i got friends that that sit in the grandstands on saturday and you know they have their driver in about every class that they root for you know whether they win or they don't win they're going to still root for that that guy so you know just because you're not winning every saturday you still have quite a few fans up you know in the stands absolutely Ryan, when, when, and we've talked a little bit about the time, you know, another question I would ask you is what else, when you look at the future of dirt track racing, what needs to happen to really continue to, to, you know, grow the sport and, you know, build it in your mind, what else has to happen for that to take place? Well, I mean, like I said, it goes back to the production side of things. I mean, it's, I don't know what the answer is to be honest, you know, because it seems like that that I can't really call myself that generation anymore because it's, you know, the the kids who now are like 12, 15 years old. I mean, it seems like they're, they're really quick to move on to the next thing. It's it, they're, it's like they're hard to grab their attention and keep it. So I don't know. I think we've just, we've got to keep up with, with some of those trends. I mean, even though that's not exactly what, you know, the, we've been in this sport forever we don't want to see it change but i think that we're going to have to be willing to adapt to you know certain things i don't know what those certain things are but um there's just you got to keep up with the times i guess is what i'm trying to say um i don't know it's tough though because kids now it's you know my nephew he's uh he's in eighth grade and one minute he's he's doing one thing the next minute he's doing the next i mean so i i think the biggest thing i guess if i had to pick something is just making it relatable Mm -hmm. um i think that's why you're sticking ball sports or you know because every kid's got a basketball at home you know it's every kid doesn't have a race car and they're they're at their house that that they're you know with a basketball they're okay i could i got a basketball maybe i could get to the nba well right there's no starting point for a kid that that doesn't have a race car it's like well i can't relate to that so i'm i'm going to move on to the next thing so i guess the answer to that would just be keeping it relatable and just be willing to you know accept the changes sometimes that might have to take place and i know that my next statement's going to going to sound like i'm just trying to spend somebody else's money which it's a lot easier to spend somebody else's <laughs> money than my own but You know, one thing I would like to see promoters and tracks do is try and increase the interactive feel while you're watching the race. And I think other stick and ball sports and other things have done a really good job of that. You know, my wife and I went up to an Indy Fuel hockey game a few weeks ago, and it was it was a ton of fun. But constantly throughout, there's this idea of, you know, tweet a picture of you at the game or, hey, who do what goal? How many goals do you think would be scored? And I just I think about the racing world. And again, I know that's technology. I know that costs money. It's easy to spend it. But how great would it be if right before the feature at the No Way Out, you know, there's a Twitter poll with 
who do you think is going to win? And every sta- every fan in the stand sitting there voting, and that could be broadcast out for what the fan favorite is. And anything to keep that interactive feel between fans and, and the track and the drivers, I think, would be a huge advancement for the sport. Yeah, I, I anything you can keep in their hands. You know, everybody's on their cell phone. If you can keep them interactive or, you know, with that cell phone, that's, that's going to be huge. Um, one thing I do have to say is if – you guys haven't been to the gateway dirt nationals out in st louis um it's a kind of it's the second year last year um they put late models and modifieds under you know a roof it's in a dome dome. Mm -hmm. yeah and and the the production value that went into that and what they did with that event it, it grabs your attention it keeps it it's you know i think that after seeing how well that worked you know it was it was very interactive there was always something going on for the fans i mean if they're going in the right direction with that event i think everybody really should take notes from that and 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 try to look at what they're doing and see if they can do it better oh god i'm i'm you know another production thing that i always enjoyed when i was young was when you know you got to had the two or three races a year that you got the driver introductions where they all pulled out on the front stretch they was out of the car their helmets were off and you got to got to see, you know you got to see what they look like, and I know when I was young that was important to me because I want to know who I was rooting for, what they look like, and it seems like now, a lot of promoters are nervous about that time, and they're bypassing that to where I think sometimes we need to just take those few minutes out to do those little things to like you said to connect to the fan that is sitting down there because maybe that you know they've never seen you know what one of those drivers look like you know out of the car with his helmet off they don't go to the pits. Right, you know, I, I see that all the time with with these events. They 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 start the schedule out saying, "Okay, we're going to have a, a driver introduction," but you know the schedule it gets oh, pushed yeah. back, gets pushed back, and all of a sudden we're well, we don't have time. We're going to skip that. Where that should be the thing that they're focusing on, you know, their event around is is those type of activities. So I think a lot of that goes back to, I mean we're racing six class five or six classes a night that's it's hard to get all of that done in you know in a reasonable time i because i can remember going back in the 90s to brownstown i mean there would be there'd be three classes and probably as many cars in those three classes as we have now in, in five or six but everything just kept moving i mean it just you didn't have all that time in between to you know i don't know where the time goes i mean because one minute it's you know we're hot laps and next you know it's an hour later and and here we are so i don't know it's just it's a tough to to really narrow down where that time goes but i think that's something we definitely need to be looking at but you know every class there has a special race and you know i think on every when that special race comes up we do need to take that time you know let let them pull out let them have their their time in the sun you know and be the stars that night because i think that'll help promote the sport help promote the drivers because you know like we talked about this our hobby you know you're probably not getting the money out of everything you spent in your equipment i know you know dustin's not getting the money out of he's spent his his equipment right now and uh the driver definitely isn't getting (laughs) you know they're getting 200 to start and you know they're spending way more than that just to get there that night so you know let's let's highlight the drivers a lot more and you know stuff like that you know we have you know we have the banquet and we give you know we highlight the drivers that night but all it's there really that night is the drivers and their crews you know the the fans really miss out on that night and and that's a special night you know the drivers 
are highlighted, but I think we need to take more time throughout the season to highlight that driver and that crew and, you know, stuff like that. Is the banquet, do you do any filming at the banquet? We do not. Um, I think that that's something, you know, moving forward, I, we might look into doing because I know that, you know, the bigger, the, the national series is like your Lucas Oil and your World of Outlaws. They they do um, dirt on dirt videos, those. Um, so I think that would be something in the future we probably need to, to work on doing is, is putting, you know, back to production. I've said it a hundred times tonight, but, but putting production there too and and trying to make it all just full circle uh, for everybody because you know the fans don't come to the the banquets so much it's the people that are there for awards and their families so the fans don't really get to see that that side of things and, and get you know it's a night that you can you can go up and talk to anybody and you know it's just a fun laid back night so i think if we could show that a little more that, that'd be a you know a good step too and and the banquet we just had i do got to give some props to jeff wilson for kind of scolding some of the drivers that night that uh walked up and you know grabbed their envelope with with money in it and the trophy and they walked off because like he told them there you know this is your night this isn't really your night this is your night to thank your family to thank your crew to thank your sponsors and i kind of wish the guys that that say nothing when they walk up there would take note of that because you know you're probably gonna lose because i've seen some sponsors showed up with some drivers and mm-hmm. And I'm sure they would really like to have heard that guy say, hey, I appreciate, you know, what you did for me this year. And, you know, that's when, you know, those drivers do need to go up there and thank the people that helped them. Because, you know, none of them can do it on their own. No, I agree. I, I think that, that that's one thing that does aggravate me is is the guys who won't even – I mean, nobody likes speaking in public. I don't care who you – I mean, it, you can be comfortable with it, but it's not the most pleasant thing to do. Um, but – I feel like there you're you're around those people all year. You should be comfortable enough to get up there and say, "Hey, thanks to my sponsors, my family," and move on. You don't have to give a speech. You don't have to, you know, have all this big formal. You know, I just think that, like I said, we've been together all year. Which surely we can come up with, you know, a minute worth of material and talk a little bit. If you're confident enough to show up and ask them for money, you got to be confident yes. enough to to thank them at the end of the year. But, I mean, if you just want to be generic and say, yeah, I want to thank everybody that helped me, you know, that's 10 seconds and you're, you're done, but you're still throwing a thank you out there. And, you know, instead of just grabbing the hardware and walking away. That, and that's just, I guess that's the fan side of me that sees that because I think, you know, I would really like to see that, you know. Well, in a, in a public thank you. There's a huge difference between just me pulling you to the side and saying, hey, thanks, I appreciate it. And and publicly at a at a banquet like that putting that person out there that's really you know sacrificed or helped to to get you where you've been i know when um, my buddy keith deppy always raced you know before he quit at the end of every race season he would take like a half page ad out in the newspaper list all of his sponsors and, and do a big thank you there you know that you know that way everybody could see that they were out helping him and, and his appreciation there and i always thought that was kind of cool that's a very cool idea well i think to to plug mark schaefer a little bit here i was schaefer photos and custom tees he He's a tool that everybody at Brownstown, if you're racing there, you need to be utilizing that because he can he can take your sponsor's logo, put it in a picture, print it out. You know, it, it's just simple things like that that, you know, there's sponsorship money out there. I mean, I, I know, you know, everybody says money is tight. It is tight. But if you're a professional and you can show somebody that, hey, here's what I'm doing, here's who's watching, here's here's who's listening 
you know, let's get out there. I, I mean, I just think that there's simple things that can be done to to get that. And I actually heard some people come up to Mark at the banquet and say, hey, you know, I forgot all about this sponsor. Mm-hmm. Can you make a, a picture for me? I want his logo on it. And uh, Mark was more than willing to do that, like you said. You know, he he is a great tool for the sport. And, uh, you know, he was a former racer himself, you know, realized that he was good at doing photography. And he does exceptional, exceptional yeah, work, very good. I think. And I appreciate you bringing them up because I don't want to – you know sound like i'm talking the talk but not walking the walk because i want to thank uh mark and jamie schaefer and schaefer photo and custom t for being a sponsor of this show um and kind of you know stepping outside and saying hey we're going to try and help support these guys as they get this started and and i agree if if you're at brownstown whenever we can get snow off the ground and get into the racetrack stop by and help support those guys because they're helping support things like this and drivers and trying to keep the sport growing as well so again i want to publicly say thank you to schaefer photo and custom team you know since we've been on the banquet i'm gonna throw out there too that they uh they out of their money they buy all the rookies the the hoosier jackets and and those you know hoosier doesn't give them to mark and jamie to give out mark and jamie spend their money and buy that stuff so all the rookies and all all six classes get a jacket that night and uh i I think sometimes they they forget that that that's just mark and jamie's thank you back for letting them do what they're passionate about and encourage people to be in the sport so you know that they buy all those jackets themselves there very cool what are you excited about this year ryan when you look ahead to the season and some of the you know series what what's got your interest peaked i mean i right right now i think we're all fiending for anything right now um, yeah. i mean it's it, it's march and we just we're melting off six inches of snow today and and all of us are are fiending for something yeah like you said I, i'm just ready for anything um i was normally sometimes i don't mind getting a rain out here and there because it's a it's a little bit of a breather for me but i'm to the point now it's like let's go let's go um i don't know i'm i'm just excited about having a full schedule this year um i get to see a lot of different places there's a lot of good stuff going on at brownstown um probably the one highlight i've got though i'm the most excited about is having the jackson 100 live this year on dirt on dirt.com so that's going to be a big big night for me because i'm at home i'm i'm working for dirt on dirt it's it's live to you know to the world to see um you know it's it's just it's going to be a cool um experience for for me personally and to just to be able to um I guess showcase Brownstown on a on that level for me is going to be huge. And I'm gonna throw this out. You know, James Essex shows up with Lucas Oil, so I always enjoy that the Jackson 100. I get to be a fan. You know, I gotta I gotta call all the other classes that night, but I get to be a fan during the Jackson 100 every year and just watch that. And you know, it's uh, it's good that I can still go back and be a fan every once in a while at Brownstown. You know, when when James rolls in because. You know, when he's in the house, I just assume he'd do all the announcing because, you know, <laughs> I can't touch him. So, you know, when he's there, I just soon hand the microphone to him and kind of just take notes. So that I am glad that I get to be a fan at, during the Jackson 100. Yeah, and I mean, James, is he's, you know, he's a ball to work with. I I get to, to work with him here in a couple of weeks down at uh, Batesville, Arkansas. I'm excited about that. Um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, all, everybody looks up to James. I mean, he, he's just fun. He's he's that's his life and you know i that's another thing that you know james we've talked a lot and he's he's really kept me pumped up on on what i'm doing and and 
always trying to get to that next level and you know just like but going back to the jackson i mean just get, be able to work with james and and just it's full circle circle for me um for that event and and you know i know i've had a few people say well how is this live broadcast going to affect the crowds and you know i know right now that's kind of a touchy subject with racing and, and video and live broadcasting now but i think that that goes back to some of those changes we need to look at i mean we are a live broadcast where you know it's showcasing your facility it's showcasing the event i mean it just that's where things are going and you need to i i guess embrace that and just see that the stuff like that's helping build the sport you know if somebody you know from out of state rents this package to watch this event live maybe next year oh let's make this deal look good so next year they'll come and 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 actually physically be there so um and and i'm I'm gonna totally agree with you i'm all for dirt on dirt during this because like you said it's gonna be professional mm -hmm. it's gonna make brownstown look at its best I don't think I am a fan of the guy that gets on Facebook Live and sits in the grandstands oh, and yeah. holds his phone up, because then you're having, you lose all professionalism for one thing. You got the guy filming, yelling out his opinions. You got the people around him yelling out mm -hmm. theirs. And if I've never been to Brownstown Speedway and the first thing I ever see is some guy doing a Facebook Live from turn four, that might not make me ever want to go to that racetrack because you know you're not necessarily seeing the highlights of the night exactly and that that's that's my biggest pet peeve is is professionalism on that level is you know it can honestly it can hurt a racetrack if if your video i mean you've got to have it now if if there's a racetrack out there that's not utilizing video in, in some way they're they're behind in my book um you know and that's why that I'm I'm such a perfectionist about it, and I know it doesn't always, you know, it don't always show because you know we're still learning. But you've got to showcase an event. Like when I walk into the racetrack, I, that's my first thing is how do I make this place look good? What what can I do to make people want to come here? And um, I mean that's just that's something we've got to look at. If if you're not utilizing video you, you've got to get on on board and and make sure it's professional and and because on the back side of it too you know when going back to sponsorship dollars you know i've had people say well why would i go to the race when i can just watch it on video and that's not the that's not what it's about at all i mean we're i feel like if you know tracks can use this to to go to a sponsor and say okay we've got x amount of fans in the stands but we've got x amount of people watching it online too so you know you can use that to your advantage to go attract sponsors and it's just you know something we need to be looking at well and i'm going to go back to something you kind of said earlier i don't think i don't think you're going to lose fans if the production value is there because i mean you look at the most popular sports um you know the NBA is still going to sell out games. You know, the NFL is going to have, have full crowds. I mean, college football, the big house is still going to have 104,000 people there. I could still stay home on Saturday and not go to Michigan and watch the game. But the production value and the quality of that, it's better to be in the, in the stadium. So I think, again, what you're talking about, the production value of being live at the Speedway has to give you that little extra bit 
that sitting at home watching it doesn't. And that's what I think that connection to the drivers really gives you. And I think the best thing about the video is it is going to draw some people in that maybe haven't ever been there and get that feeling of how good the racing can be at Brownstown. Yeah, absolutely. I I always, you know, even before I got involved and really knew what was going on in the media side of things, you knew if you went somewhere and there was video cameras there and there was media there, okay, this is big, this is cool, I'm glad I'm here. And, you know, and it's still to this day, like when I go work these live shows, it's like, wow, like we are, this is big time. We've got cameras everywhere. We're, you know, we got people in there clicking buttons and we're, you know, we're, broadcasting live this is it so it it does it adds a different excitement level to the the event you know in a whole and there's enough history of the jackson 100 that you know it needs to have that that limelight of being live on dirt on dirt you know because there might be people you know out west that just cannot get to brownstown speedway that you know have never really got the experience of jackson 100 because i mean you look at the winners list from that race it is the who's who of dirt late model Mm -hmm. racing i mean you know the best of the best has went there and raced and won and it, you know you hear a lot of them talk they want to go there and win the jackson 100 oh yeah I, you're exactly right you look at that list it's like my god this place was you know th- this is it this and at one time like back in the early 90s it brownstown was the the place to be for for late model racing you know just the location of it and you know the reputation that that the place has it's it's really cool and you know i think that the past couple of years the jackson to me just hadn't felt you know since i got out and seen what else is out there it's like I, we're i feel like we're a little bit behind so i was really glad to see that that michael and jim uh, there at brownstown could get that put in place to to do it live i really think it's going to you know that to add to add some prestige back to the event and and get it pointed back in the right direction and you know I, i'm kind of i'd like to be the, a little bit of a historian for the race but it seems like this new generation you was talking about they could really care less about who won it you know in the past they want to know who's going to win it this year like you right. said it's just their attention span they could care less that you know scott, scott bloomquist won it seven times you know and all that that they don't care about that they're just who's going to win it tonight and then it's over and done with where you know i like to look back and go through all those past winners and you know Steve Barnett, how many times he came so close? You know, right. at one time he had the he had the most consecutive starts in the in the Jackson 100 and the most starts ever. You know, until he retired, and you know, it seems like this new generation they don't care about the people that paved the way for the sport now, too. And, and that kind of bothers me because you know those if it wasn't for all those guys in the past, we would have nothing now. Oh, absolutely. And we talked about Hudson O'Neill earlier. I mean, he honestly he's brought he's brought a you know a group of people with him he's he's added a little bit of that new kid on the block like Mm -hmm. what's what's going to happen next type thing and we we need more people like hudson involved with this deal and you know just to help help with that group of people well and i'll i'll agree with that too because even watching in my hometown with with chase and kind of his climb through the ranks when i get on facebook now and i see people that are commenting as they're watching the xfinity race and i'm like you've never been to a race in your life but again that connection to that driver and that you know some of this younger generation that i would have never seen at a dirt track are all of a sudden you know when when he was coming to the no way out 
I saw kids on Facebook like, we're headed to Brownstown tonight because Chase is going to be there. So I do think as some of those young stars kind of you know, pull their fans along, we'll see some of that. And that leads me to my next question for you, and I'm going to move away a little bit from the event side of it. When you're looking at, and we've already talked about Huddy, so we're going to leave Huddy out. Okay. Who's somebody that's new? Maybe, you know, somebody that's a rookie you know that's coming in or, or a second-year guy that, that you think – Maybe they haven't had the success they've they've wanted, but they're going to be the next guy that starts making that climb as well. You got somebody? Uh, are we talking like on a national level? Or? It could be at Brownstown or national because we all know you can start right there at Brownstown, just like we talked about Huddy, and be the next guy at the national level as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough question. It really is. But, I mean, I think that – I can't pick one name, but I think that person, it could be a number of people, but they've got to have, you know, they've got to have the talent, you know, most importantly, but they've got to have a personality too. I think if you can get a guy that's got some talent, got some personality and and some drive to keep doing it, that's going to be the next person, you know, nine times out of 10. Um, I don't know. It'd it'd be tough to pick one, one person right now for me. I mean, I think if you want to keep on a, a local level at Brownstown, um, you know, you mentioned Lucas Wee-Miller earlier. I mean, he's – I've not seen a guy as, as dedicated right now to what he's doing. You know, he's he's spending the money. He's he's a go-getter. He's, you know, he, he has, you know, had a handful of races at Brownstown, and Eldora had a race. So, we're going racing. He, he hauled to Eldora. Oh, I was – No experience. And, and, you know, so I think he's a guy – he's got a great personality. He's He's getting better each week. I think that he could be the guy at Brownstown. And he's. We talked about having being a character. He is a character. Mm-hmm. You know, he shows up. You know, I get to the racetrack very early, and Lucas is already there. He's got his American flag raised up next to his race. You know, you. He wants people to know, hey, I'm I'm Lucas Wiemiller. I'm here. His car's unloaded. He's he's very approachable, and he is a good character. I mean, he named his race cars, and I, I know, you know, when I would announce them last year, I would, you know, I would he enjoyed you know he had the name of it on the back of the car on the back bumper so i would add that in when he would roll out and like you said you know he had maybe five or six races at brownstown his rookie year i go over to eldora to watch the johnny appleseed and the modifieds roll out and i turn around and here comes lucas out for hot laps and i was like oh my gosh you know this guy's raced five times in his life and now he's at eldora (laughs) right and that's that's i mean that's just the type of, of guy he is he don't he's not going to Oh, I'm not ready for that. I'm not going to Eldora. He's like, no, let's let's go race. Let's let's go do this deal. And I really think that's what it takes to, you know, to make it in this sport and and to be that you know you're to get fans and to just be successful is it, it's full circle personality, talent, and that drive to to do it. And he's a good guy to hand the reins to, to help promote the sport because he's there to have a good time. He wants to race. But he's also there to have a good time, and he wants everyone around him to have a good time, and that, that's what we need. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually been friends with Lucas for a while, and I stopped by his shop one night out there, and I don't know after work, I got there about six o'clock, and it was on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and the next thing I know, it's four in the morning, and we're still standing there just talking, and and but that's that's what he's all about. He, it's you know. He, he's in the shop he has fun with that he has fun racing he just he's one of those guys he has fun and and that's what it takes uh, lucas i'm gonna throw it out we'd love to have you as a guest on here so, absolutely yeah. that'd be fun i'd like to be here for that one <laughs> you're welcome back anytime 
Well, we're at about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, you want to wrap up here, Matt? Yeah, Ryan, uh, I know you're redoing the website. You said bigger and better things coming. Um, where are you heading next? Do you, Brownstown going to be your first stop, or are you going off for something on Dirt on Dirt? I've actually got, let's see, with this rain out this week, I think I've got to go to Florence, Kentucky next weekend. So um, I believe that's where I'll be next weekend. Then the first weekend of April, I go down to Batesville, Arkansas, for the the Lucas Oil race. So I was kind of bummed I missed the the first two big races at Brownstown. But you know, I, I'd always I want to be there as much as I can, of course. But um, I don't know. I got to look at my schedule. I've got so many dates and stuff going <laughs> on. I I don't even remember anymore. So Nathan's going to be with us at Brownstown then. Yep, Nathan. He's he's going to really um, he's going to. I think he's excited for this year. He's going to really take reins on on things there, because even when I am um, at Brownstown, I'm going to try to keep him up top and keep him, you know, shooting up there as much as possible. To you know, because that's in the video world, that's the place you want to be. I mean, that's the that's the the place. So if I can keep him up there, keep him excited, and and I'm got some other projects in mind I want to work on here and there. That's that's kind of the plan. Uh, the website it's it's basically done i'm just just critiquing some stuff and, and testing out some stuff because i mean most people know i'm we're going to switch it over uh, this year to like a paid subscription site just to help us cover some costs and, and you know we've got a lot of money wrapped up in equipment and, and time and um you know by no means is it going to be anything expensive for people i mean i've had people wanting me to to do dvds and they'd pay me twenty dollars for a dvd for one night of racing and for what we're doing this website for you can for twenty dollars you'll be able to watch you know three or four months worth of racing so we're going to make it very reasonable for people and help us out and 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 just try to make things better i mean i'm really excited about the how, what we're doing with the website right now and where it's going um we'll just see where it leads i don't know we'll we've got some stuff in mind but we'll just see you guys do fantastic work and i'm sure nathan can hold brownstown down but when you guys are both there you guys do some awesome things you know when you take the other camera and you know you go off on angles that we can't usually get on just a saturday night and uh you know and then uh, when we have time before the races we go do some interviews and stuff mm-hmm. you know that's always fun and and I look forward to that. That's something I do look forward to and get to know the drivers more because that just helps me out, you know, when I go with you and we do those interviews because that gives me something to talk about during hot laps other than, hey, such and such is out on the racetrack. So, you know, I, I do appreciate that. And, and again, it's we're connecting the fans with something there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we we need to be doing more of that. Um, I'm hoping that we'll get on a you know we need to follow some storylines this year and try to to build some more structure there um that's kind of one of my plans is is not so much just go aimlessly looking for somebody to talk to but but have more of a storyline and, and keep things exciting and try to build some you know i, I don't want to call it drama but try to build some you know storylines in there for people to keep an eye on and and, and again that that personalizes and connects yeah. back to that driver absolutely and you know I, in the past we've had some some pretty good rivalries there at brownstown and we try to try to cover it as is you know best as we can um so i, I don't know i'm kind of hoping we get some some stuff like that this year just to help help us along but uh, I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm ready for it to get started. Hopefully, Mother Nature will cooperate here soon. 
Well, and Ryan, I would like to, you know, first of all, thank you for coming out here tonight. Absolutely. And also thank you for jumping on and kind of sponsoring and helping us out, you know, as we as we get into this. And, and you know, what you guys are doing, the quality level, the professionalism is what we're trying to, to achieve and, you know, follow along with that. So I'd like to say, as one of our sponsors, guys, when, when this new website rolls out, this is going to be a better deal than going to the movies on a Saturday night. And it's not a one-time movie. You know, this is going to be the opportunity for you to keep up to date on racing, see these storylines, see what these drivers are doing, and have that three or four months of racing for a cheaper price than what you can take your girlfriend, your wife, you know, to the movies. And if you have kids, there's absolutely no way you can do that. And I want to thank you for what you're trying to do to not just shoot the sport, you know, on film, but advance the sport and, you know, push it to a different level as far as production. So, again, the, the last thing I'm going to ask you is I got to ask you to give us a promise that about midsummer um, or here in a month or two after we really get going, you'll be willing to come back in and sit down with us so we can really talk some some actual racing action and, and things like that. So that's my that's my last favorite ask. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be on anytime you guys want me for sure. I, I love what you guys are doing. Um, you know, I appreciate you know the support you're giving us uh within the fast lane and just racing in general so i think that you know what we're doing here and 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 this type of of coverage is what the sport needs to keep people connected and um you know i i I think it's fair to say we've all got a pretty strong passion for for what we're doing in the sport so i hope that the people can take notice to that and, and and get behind the whole deal in general you know with racing and and keep it going I am going to throw out before we get off there that uh, anybody listening that is a car owner, a driver, a passionate fan, you know, holler at us on you know on our Twitter or on the uh, the Throttled Up three sixty five or the Throttled Up podcast, ThrottledUpPodcast dot com. Yeah, holler, you know, hit us up on there. Let us know you want to come on. You know, we we're definitely looking for people to interview and talk to and and get your word out. You know, this would be a, a platform that you guys can you know push your sponsors and. What you're going to do this year you know if you're going to travel around you're going to race at a racetrack you know hit us up and we'll be glad to try to help promote you there so absolutely and i'm going to wrap it up by reminding again if you're looking for another podcast that uh you know kind of in the racing family check out the briscoe breakdown uh, again done by my good buddy toby wedgwood uh, again following along with with chase uh they just did their first episode of this season him kind of looking at this transfer to the xfinity series but all those past episodes are there from the last year, so go check those out. Um, again, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, it's going to be another week at least until we can go and see Mark and Jamie Schaefer at Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea. So, you know, once the, we get to the track, please check those guys out. Uh, their website and information is also included on throttleduppodcast.com uh, and links right to that if you click on that, that page. So go check them out. And as bad as a rainout is, and we know we're going to have another weekend off, I am going to say for our second sponsor, it's a real good weekend. If you if the site gets up, if you've not been and, and explored, you know, in the fast lane productions, 
go check it out. And even if the site maybe is not quite up by this weekend, go check out their Facebook page. There's a lot of good stuff there right now, you know, and kind of get that feel. And if you're that person that maybe listened to our podcast because you know us from a different way and you're thinking, man, I don't know. I don't know if I really would go. I don't know if I'd like this. Go to, you know, the In the Fast Lane Productions uh, Facebook page and check out the videos and the excitement and some of the stuff they're doing. And and I think you'll, you'll definitely have a mind shift there. And then the last person, uh, Kenny Montgomery, again, want to thank him for allowing us to use his new single, Dirt, um, as our introduction. And if you haven't yet, go to iTunes today and download that new single along with Dirt Track Thing. Uh, huge thank you to Kenny for, for being so gracious and saying, yeah, run with it and use my song. So I appreciate it. And to you two gentlemen, thank you both. Hope you have a great week. See you. Trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yep. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side, boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like Kyle Larson. Watch me throw them sliders. Party in Victory Lane, and y'all boys ain't invited. Your mama gets excited when I pull up to unload. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. I'm posted up on them 15s with platinum dirt defenders. Got kids up in my window like, hey, Mo, are you gonna win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps, cause y'all know I'm about to send it on me. Dirt. Check the board on my bike, sitting outside pole. Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh-huh. W, W, that's another George W. Yeah. Hit him with that half a lap. Like, dang, what gear you running, dude? And where'd you get that fire suit? Uh. Man, I like that stitching. Velocity USA, hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like I'm rubbered up and I'm smiling for the pics. Y'all boys be looking tacky while I stay looking slick. No sure. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. Never. And mama just gave me them eyes like, they maybe you looking handsome. Hey, Brittany, pray and sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. Uh-uh. We stop and 
show respect because we're all proud to be from the land of the free and the home of the brave y'all better wake up and get it we're making america great again let's all go out and kick it on dirt 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 i'm all about that dirt 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 i'm throwing dirt 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 i miss that dirt Gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that.